Welcome to Our World Plainly Seen, insights and commentary on the world around us with Dr. Frank Kaufman. Good morning. I'm doing a piece this morning entitled Sovereignty and Harmony, A Working Man's Guide to Assessing What's Going On Around Us. Here's the word working man because it's a good word, but uh, not all workers are men. And you can use more awkward phraseology, a working man and woman's guide to assessing what's going on around us, or a working person's guide to assess what's going on around us. That's all more accurate, but a working man has a good sound and a historical feel. But I'm talking about all of us. Sovereignty and Harmony, A Working Man's Guide to Assessing What's Going On Around Us. The nature of reality is hierarchical. It manifests strength, power, and size as elements by which functioning and harmonious reality unfolds. There's no getting around it. Some things are more strong. Some things are more powerful. Some things are bigger. To be hostile to that reality is tilting at windmills. It's Don Quixote's famous heading nowhere, uh, fighting what can't be fought. Our beef should never be with the fact that some things and some people and some institutions and some nations are more powerful and larger than others stronger than others. The only problem with that fact is when these realities, these natural realities, result in injustice or interfere with opportunity and the self-expression of any entity whatsoever. So the problem is not something being stronger, more powerful, larger, more influential, more dominant, say, that's not the problem. The problem is simply, independently of that, anything that results in injustice or interfering with radical, unbound opportunity for the self-expression of every single individual, every single entity. For example, supposing the mayor of New York levied taxes against its citizens so high we could barely afford our food, or supposing that mayor appointed judges in the city who released without bail dozens or hundreds of violent criminals on a daily basis into our home areas where our children try to go to school. This would be a version of exercising power and strength and influence that interferes with opportunity, opportunity to be properly nourished or to nourish, uh, to give food to my children, and opportunity of self-expression, like being able to stop on the way home from school to play a few innings of baseball with my friends in the park. Now imagine a New York mayor who's so rich that he could buy and sell my bank before I woke up for breakfast. So powerful that if I arm wrestled him, he'd spin me around like a pinwheel. And so, so big 
that he'd have to duck to get into my little house. Is there anything wrong with the fact that my mayor is bigger, stronger, richer, and more powerful than me? There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's independent of anything by which can be assessed as good or bad. Supposing that big, rich, strong, powerful mayor developed a program in New York City such that musically gifted children, regardless of st financial capacity, could take a one-hour class each week at Juilliard from the world's most famous teacher in whatever instrument they're good at, then that mayor would be much better than a poor, scrawny, uninfluential mayor who managed to make it such that I can't eat properly or get my children back and forth from school without getting shot all the time. All this is just to say that focus on how strong, powerful, influential, and large people or institutions are is entirely misplaced. The focus should be on if people, regardless of who they are, regardless of what the, what the level of their strength and power is, whether or not they serve and contribute to creating opportunities for each and every single individual, each and every single entity, to enjoy and prosper in boundless self-expression. That's where the focus lies. Does the thing contribute to as much opportunity as possible and to the boundless self-expression and self-realization of each of, of everything and every person. So with that, we have to be careful where the starting point of our focus is when trying to analyze and, and assess what's going on around us. Presently, prevailing ideologies, just about all of them, left and right, focus on strength, power, and influence as a starting point for thought and analysis and then respond to this reality, the simple fact that some things are stronger, some things are weaker, some things are more powerful, some things are more influential. They start with this natural reality with absurd and malformed notions of equality. As though, as though the desire for all things being quote-unquote equal can undo reality. It can't. Equality, that, that which lives in our hearts and that which we aspire to must be in reality something far different than attempting to undo the power that is inherent in the natural universe. These misformed rants and hellish legislative and media and cultural pursuits of equality is actually just another form of materialism, which is utterly out of touch with the genuine reality of human value and creative life. Present obsession with equality, or, or much worse, exponentially worse, equity, is literally like a rage against the sun and the moon, or a rivulet outraged that the Pacific Ocean is as big as it is. The Pacific Ocean could be a thousand times bigger than it is and still have no negative bearing on the divine beauty of the enchanting symphony that the rivulet produces all day, all night, for millennia.
the ocean does nothing to stop the rivulet from being its very full self. And all power and all hierarchy can equally be as elegant in the Pacific Ocean's non-interference with the, with the elegant and enchanting beauty of the rivulet. All these reflections have to do with sovereignty. Sovereignty, that which should not encroach upon unbound opportunity and unbound authority to pursue the fullness of exactly who I am and who I'm meant to be. This matter of sovereignty is why the American founders worked in every imaginable way to ensure that human individual sovereignty is total, complete, and inviolable. It was trying to anticipate the worst chess partner you could possibly find. And the American founders did everything in their power to protect these two things. Our rights, our sovereignty. So part one of this little commentary of mine is this. As we try to withstand the torrential admixture of both information and the stench of bias flooding and washing over us every day, a key lens to help us navigate this, which is burdensome, I have to say, is the concept of sovereignty. Is the person, the institution, the legislation, the political event, the rally, the governor did this or that, the energy company did this or that, car batteries are good or bad. Do, does the thing being presented to us, is it, does it comport with, is it good for individual human sovereignty? This is the measure. From that, we can go on to reflect upon ever greater complexities of what we're trying to decide about. Does the speaker understand that he or she, for example, in a political situation, does the politician reflect or show the understanding that he or she governs at my pleasure, only if we allow it? They're dependent on our consent. This is the concept of consent of the governed that's, that's cited in the United States Declaration of Independence. Does the proposed law seek in any way to constrict, inhibit, or interfere with my God-given rights? The right to think as I like, believe as I like, speak as I, as I like, write and publish what I believe, assemble as I like, criticize the government as a, even revolt is a right. It's an obligation. So as we try to take in an incessant flood of information combined with bias and manipulation, the key to, the key to beginning to think accurately is to remove our habit of seeing everything in the matter of quote-unquote inequality, size, power, strength, influence, that are irrelevant. They're just a reflection of the nature of reality. 
size, power, strength are not my concerns. Human sovereignty are my concerns. Given to each person from God. Human sovereignty given to each person from God. This is my concern. If somebody's trying to interfere with that, that's where I'm troubled. Not by how rich they are. I'm not troubled by that. It's a matter that is unrelated to me. It's unrelated to my happiness. It's unrelated to the degree to which I can fully realize myself. Having this clear focus can help us see clearly in a world where there's too much media. And the media is an admixture of information and deception, deliberate deception. I need to find a way to live in that world intelligently and with authority. And so my first observation then is that the issue of sovereignty can be like a North Star, can be a guiding light, can be a compass. And we can begin to think clearly about what is told us, what our friends tell us, what we hear around the table over beers, whether or not we're going to fit in or not fit in or agree with hating this person or loving that person or excusing this behavior or, or, or gaslighting that thing to get along with the people I work with. We, we need some sort of guiding light, North Star. The first one I'm recommending is sovereignty. The second thing to look at, I'm going to posit here, is the question of harmony. Harmony meaning, are the, are, is what is being put forward have as its ascent, essence the advocacy that, that entities or people or, or congressional houses or whatever be mutually supportive of one another and mutually beneficial in their relationships and engagement? Is this the essential advocacy of what we're being presented with? The person, the thoughts, the ideas, the things, the legislation, the events. Harmony. Mutually supportive, mutually beneficial relationships and engagement. Does the person, institution, legislation, co corporation, education, ideology intend to advance greater harmony, greater cooperation, symbiosis of the parties and groups involved. Symbiosis among Russians and Ukrainians. So that the relationship between these two nations are mutually supportive, seeking the benefit of each other's populations. To be pro-harmony means that one must include in one's advocacy or posture the affirmation of humility, of constant learning, and forgiveness. These are requisites for the possibility of harmony. Absent these things, there's no possibility of harmony because too much is different. Too much, we, we disagree deeply and passionately about too much. And sincerely, uh, the, the actions of another impact my, my wealth, my opportunity, my circumstances too much. Because harmony is constructive, it, it creates opportunity. If we're going to be in favor of the pursuit of harmony, despite deeply held differences, there must be within 
the essential texture of the advocacy, humility, constant learning, and the ability to forgive. Did Joe Schmo do X to my ancestors on that particular period of history? Yes. Can I forgive that? Can I forgive that? What are the conditions whereby I can forgive it? Is, is harmony ultimately eventually sought? If something else is being sought, one has to, I say, not think twice, I say reject. Harmony is the only possible hope for anything in our lives, small or large. Look at the prevailing activities, voices, and pursuits of what we receive in media on a daily basis. Look at what your professors or even grade school teachers are pronouncing and explicitly demanding your compliance, often through tools of implied threat or group acceptance or bullying, a kind of ideological, intellectual bullying in the classroom or in the lunchroom, is the ideology, is the information that these people are putting on others with an unequal power uh, uh, structure, uh, is it infused with the affirmation of humility, constant learning? Is it infused with the elegance and liberating power of forgiveness? If we are adopting ideologies and, and habits of thought and behavior that do not have as their desired end, no matter how hard it is, and I'm not talking about kumbaya, airy-fairy. I'm talking about absolutely dealing with the, with the differences, with the passions, with the pain, with the histories. Is forgiveness a possibility in, in what is being presented? If not, we are definitely being led astray. There's another guiding light. There's another North Star. That's why I've named this podcast Sovereignty and Harmony. What I'm recommending is that these two things, these are two foundational pillars that will give us power and discernment even over the most complex issues. Even as we stand on a daily basis, stand in front of a wide open fire hydrant, blowing us back, spewing both sewage and pearls. The, if we have as clarity in the beginning point of what we are listening for, regardless of what's being said, what we're listening for, does it defend and will it advance greater personal sovereignty, autonomy, authority, can't be interfered with, God-given rights for every single person? Does it do that? And does it build on the recognition and need for, and is it, accurately uh, communicating the dynamics of harmony. We should build our lives around these two things. Everything else, this is radical, I'll say it, I believe it, everything else soon manifests as evil and does harm to people, even great harm. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk again soon.